RadioInfluence.com. You are sitting ringside with David Penzer on Radio Influence. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Sitting Ringside. My name is David Penzer, and as always, we are so glad that you are here to listen to this thing we call a podcast. And if I sound a little uh, off, it's because this past Wednesday was a tough, tough, tough day, man, for a lot of people. Uh, As um, uh, an old friend, somebody who was probably the first guy in WCW of the big stars to give me the time of day when I was a stooge, uh, and one of the favorite per- people of pretty much everybody in this business, Tracy Smothers, after a long battle with cancer that we thought he won when we spoke to him last May, uh, this past May. Uh, uh, we lost him, and it was crazy because uh, the, the day before he had posted on Facebook, you know, that he was in pain, but that he was going to keep fighting and that you, everybody needs to keep fighting and, and live their life. And you know, so you had no idea that he was going to be gone so soon. And, um, you know, I, I, I've, I've been I've seen a lot of people die in this business and a lot of outpourings of support. Um, I don't know that I've ever seen such a unique outpouring of support. I mean, you basically had everyone from indie guys, lifelong indie guys to guys like CM Punk and and and, and superstars and everybody in between. Uh, talking about how much Tracy meant to them, how how you know great Tracy Smothers' stories. He was a funny guy, um, loyal to a fault, uh, just love life, and um, it was a, it was a kick in the gut. Got to be honest with you, um, that he passed so soon. Uh, especially you know it's weird. You know, one day you're reading something on Facebook from the guy, the next morning you wake up and. And, and you hear the news. So um, it was it was maybe one of the most uh, unique uh, reactions to a death of a wrestler from every like I said, everybody from lifelong indie guys to top stars in this business. And, and you know, as I put on Twitter and Facebook, uh, I don't think that even Tracy would expect the outpouring of support that he got. Uh, he was he was one of a kind. He was, I, I said on, on social media, you know, and I've said this before on the podcast, the term, uh, one of the greatest guys in the business, that gets thrown out a lot. And and, and mostly it's true. But, you know, it, 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 when, when you talk about Tracy Smothers, it was, it's, you know, there's no, you don't have to exaggerate. You don't have to, to over, overlook things to get there. Uh, he was always there for people. He was always, uh, no matter if you were a star, uh, if you were a ring announcer like me, a referee, an indie guy. As a matter of fact, I think he liked to to, to help the indie guys uh, more than he liked to, you know, maybe help the the, the, the big name guys because I think uh, he, he took pride in that. So uh, it's with a heavy heart that we uh, will replay the interview we did on May 4th with Tracy in honor of Tracy. Um, I know they have a GoFundMe account. I do not know uh, if they will have met their match, but um, I would love to see him honored in the best way possible. Uh, I've never ever, I don't think promoted anybody's GoFundMe account on this podcast in three plus years, but um if you have five or 10 bucks and, and you could help uh, send Tracy off the way he deserves, 
uh, check that out and, and go fund me. Trace, Tracy Smothers. I don't have the exact address, but, um, uh, but yeah, um, we're going to miss him. Uh, and, um, in honor of him, we're going to right now air the interview we did on May 4th. He had, was told he had beat cancer. We were sort of celebrating and you know, cancer sucks. There's no other way to talk about it. Uh, no too many people knock on wood, uh, that beat it. And then it comes roaring back. That's a, you know, I hope in my lifetime, uh, we could get some form of cure for cancer. But, um, again, not to ramble, but, um, out of respect for Tracy, this is our interview from May 4th of this year. Ladies and gentlemen, very special guest this week on City Ringside. And before I introduce him, um, I want to read to you something that Chris Hero posted on a GoFundMe page that Chris insisted on starting for my guest this week. And it says, I met Tracy Smothers on a spot show in Wisconsin when I was 19 years old. And I thought to myself, there is no way this guy could be this friendly. Tracy has always looked out for me as a person, as a friend. He just cares. And the reason I read the read that is because it hit home for me. Tracy Smothers, welcome to City Ringside. By the way, uh, glad to have you. Um, hope you're doing okay. We'll get into your circumstances yeah, for sure. Hanging, um, hanging in there, Dave. Thanks but for you, may, you may. Oh my, my honor. Uh, you may not remember this, and there's a reason I read that. Um, when I first came to WCW, driving up the enhancement guys. The, the, the yeah. you know the the enhancement guys they you know they knew they you know they were sort of friendly with me and stuff because I was driving them and renting them a car and all that and they had agreed to do it and I got to be friendly with them but the boys didn't really know what to make of me I don't know that there'd ever been a person like me around now that I think about it who was just walking around getting you know these big television stars for interviews hey Jim Ross needs you in this room and hey uh you know will you sign this piece of paper and people gave me you know funny looks and I'll never forget. I think you were the first or second person that that was a quote unquote star in WCW, not an enhancement talent to, to ever talk to me. And you walked up to me. I'll never forget it. It was in Gainesville, Georgia. And you just said, hey, I'm Tracy Smothers. And I think it was something like, what? Why are you here? <laughs> Something like that. It wasn't rude in any way. You were just, it wasn't rude in any way. You were just trying to, I think everybody's trying to figure out. Yeah. I think everybody's trying to figure yeah. out who the hell yeah, I was. Yeah. And, 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 you know, cause I think it was, it was a position like really I said, pretty much you, you kind of did whatever they needed done, right? Whatever, anything, right? Tracy, I Around will there. admit to this day that I was a complete and total stooge and proud to have done it. Um, but you know what I mean? Oh, I mean, you, you had a lot of different hats. I, well, I was just trying to run doing a lot of stuff. I didn't want I, I wanted them to tell me to, to bring more guys the next week. So I just tried to do as many things as I could. I worked the gorilla position yeah, to get the guys yeah. ready. You know, I ran talent for interviews. Yeah. Little sign, things that they guys in. No. Uh, eventually guys warmed up to me. Junkyard dog named me walking man, which kind of took the kind of I don't want to say heat, but took, you know, kind of everybody just yeah, laughed yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. And, but you were you were the first you were one. Everywhere. Man. You were the first one. So when somebody said, when I see Chris Hero saying, I thought to myself, nobody could be that nice. Well, I am here to tell you that you are that nice of a man. And I know you've been going through um, some rough times. Um, wanna, wanna, for those who don't know, or even those who do know, uh, you know, just uh, the situation you've been through in the last six months and how you're doing now. Oh, man. Uh, 
end of August, I started getting real bad pains, and I think I'd been bad for a while. I didn't know what was wrong with me. I thought I was just getting old. I couldn't hold nothing. Getting, I couldn't hold nothing down, and uh, I was bloating and and just you know uh, nausea, uh, uh, dizzy. Finally, I got checked out uh, about mid October and uh, got diagnosed as I, I thought I had uh, you know uh, uh, gallbladder or. Uh, uh, um, uh, ulcer. That's what people told me, you know, the, you know, people in the know. And I thought I was just trying to tough it out. And uh, it was a tumor. I uh, had a uh, lymphoma, lymphoma cancer, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer. I didn't even know it. And uh, and they uh, so sent me to a specialist. And, uh, you know, because I, I first the emergency doctor in, at the one, first hospital, he said that he thought I had a, a you know, bleeding ulcer. But then he said he found a big tumor. It's rapidly growing. You need to go to a specialist. So I went to Evansville to the Deaconess Cancer Center, and they uh, uh, did the biopsy, and it come it's lymphoma cancer. And they said it's treatable with uh, uh, chemo. So I started chemo. Uh, and the hardest thing about any kind of cancer is dealing with chemo. Chemo kills the cancer, but it kills everything else. Right. And I was hospitalized 11 times. Uh, between the middle of October till recently, and about five time, days each time, and because they said with my heart, uh, I'd had a blockage in some arteries, and I'd had a heart attack somewhere near, and didn't even know it. So I had to do the chemo 24-7, five days a week, five to six days a week, every three weeks, uh, and I'd have to take all the medicine you know, between that. And it just, uh, you know, it was rough uh, with, you know, 24, I had to do it slow and had to monitor my heart. And uh, boy, it just took a lot out of me. And the side effects off of the chemo, four of the, about five times I had to go back in uh, uh, other than the chemo, uh, between the chemo treatments because of uh, the side effects off the chemo. I had uh, uh, C-diff, almost died. Oh, my kidneys were shutting down. I had a respiratory infection. Uh, I had uh, something called PLS or something uh, in your in my, uh, uh, bacteria in my lungs and my heart. And uh, that's a side effect off chemo. And then uh, I had an uh, uh, ulcer ended up. And I had two times I had to have blood infusions. And uh, another time they were going to give me blood infusions two days in a row, but they want to see how I'd react. And I was doing better, so they didn't do it, thank God. But uh, And then the last time, uh, I'd been out of chemo about a month, when I thought I was out of the woods and weren't going to have any more problems. And uh, I got fluid on my lungs real bad. I couldn't lay down to sleep, nothing. And uh, I thought I was out of the woods. And they had they drained 2.2 pounds of fluid off of my heart. And uh, so it just, it just took a lot out of me. And I was in the hospital five days on that one. And uh, I'm on a lot of medicine now for my heart. And uh, uh, the, the cancer is right now is okay, but uh, it can come back. And so I have to really be careful. And with every time uh, when I would come out of the hospital at 24 hours off the chemo, I had to get the uh, booster shot. And my immune's real low, and that takes about a week to kick in. And now. Uh, uh, I have to really be careful because with this virus going around, I'm real susceptible to catch catch it. Uh, with my immunes, you know, are just I don't know if they'll ever be right, uh, but uh, it's pretty really crazy, you know. And it just 
it's, it, you know, now oh, the problem is my heart and just side effects off of the chemo, you know, but I'm just trying to hang in there and, and, uh, I, don't, I can't get out much. If I get out, I, I try not to be around people. Like yesterday, uh, I was going to go to Walmart, and, and I went. I try to go anywhere where it's not many people. It was not anymore because nobody's out. But uh, I couldn't even go in Walmart. Uh, there's too many people in there, and it's just too big a chance. And yeah. I end up going to the dollar store or something, grab one needed because it's just crazy in there, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's probably not the right place for you to be. I'm not a doctor, but I've been studying this uh, disease. Walmart. And, and I'll tell you this: this is why, David, uh, talking about that, I was taking one of our dogs to get his shots today at the veterinarian, and uh, uh, you know, and, and his uh, paws uh, clipped and everything, and it's been limping a little bit. So it's gonna get, just get him checked out. And it's only open one to four now. It used to be like eight to five. Well, uh, it was so packed, crowded, because the only other two uh, animal clinics in the county are closed down. And this one is, you can't get a, you, you have to just go. You can't get a uh, appointment. You have to just first come, first serve. And uh, if I went there at 1230, it opens at one place was packed. People can't go inside with their dogs. They can't go in until the, uh, they're ready to treat them because of all the things, the social distancing and everything. And plus, too, they're worried because they're saying now animals are spreading the virus some. So they're really, I mean, people are in their cars and then they had somebody walking around the parking lot getting on to them because people have the dogs out of the car to do their business. You know what I mean? And poor people right. getting irate mad, and they telling them to get back in there. And I thought, good Lord, we're going to have a ride here at a veterinarian clinic. Yeah. And uh, I was there about five minutes, and I knew I wasn't going to get in today. And they said I wouldn't be able to tomorrow, so I got my dog and got out of there. And then got there home, go. and it's just crazy out, you know. Yeah. And it's just, it's just nuts. People are flipping out. Crazy times, man. But I'm glad you're still here to be yeah, a part of it. Thank God. Hey, listen, I got a, an honest question for you. Um, if, if I got diagnosed with stage three lymphoma, um, I probably would go home, uh, curl up on my couch in a ball with a bottle of vodka and cry <laughs> for about three days. How, how do you, you know, you, you're not that type of guy and, and you know, uh, it, it always amazes me what human spirit could do in times like that. But uh, how, how, how do you motivate yourself to uh, to keep rolling when when things are down, when you're feeling real bad? Um, it, it, it's hard. I, I, it's the hardest thing I've ever been through by far. I mean, I wouldn't write, wish it on anyone. And then to come out of that and then have to deal with what's going on now. Oh, Lord. I mean, it was bad enough anyway, but I, I have to watch it. They told me if I'm around somebody with a head cold or even coughs on me, I, it could get me bad, and uh, that's pretty scary. But yeah, I just pray. I mean, I mean, I think what's wrong with a lot of people is they put uh, uh, panic before prayer and and fear before faith, and they make fun of all that and and everything of Christianity and do. But then you wonder and you see all this stuff with the. Uh, all the natural disasters we're having, you know what I mean? Tornadoes and hurricanes and fires. And yeah, it's hard not to get down sometimes with my condition and everything. You just feel helpless. There's nothing you can do. But I mean, you know, I'm, I'm so stir crazy. You wouldn't believe it. It's, it's nuts. Uh, if you don't mind, if you if you if you have uh, the energy, let's do something which is a lot funner than uh, uh, than um, than talking about the crazy world we live in, and talk about your yeah. career. Talk about your career in the wrestling business because uh, you've uh, had quite the journey. 
Um, I saw that uh, it was an interesting combination. Usually athletes in high school who go on to become wrestlers who come on my podcast, they'll say, you know, I played basketball, football, and I wrestled, or I played football and hockey and 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 yeah. and track and field. I, I noticed that uh, when I was doing the research on you, you played uh, football, wrestling, and golf. The golf, I, I don't think I've ever had anybody on the podcast uh, in two and a half years who played yeah. golf. But uh, I, I played baseball, too. I didn't play baseball my senior year. I played four sports. I played wrestled, played football. I wrestled, played football, played golf team, and played baseball. But my senior year, I didn't play baseball, but I played golf. I started playing golf when I was eight years old, and I, I used to caddy for a guy that ended up and, and, and played who taught me how to play. Um, named Jeff Walker. He played at the University of Tennessee, uh, you know, on the golf team, and he played with uh, uh, number one man was Jim Gallagher Jr., who played on the tour. And Jeff could have been a club pro, you know, or something like that, or the mini tour. But he's a warrior, you know what I mean, you know, and stuff. And that's who taught me. But it's a great game. And I'm hoping. I don't know if the golf course is open here, but with all this free time and the weather's getting nicer. Uh, but just at least just go to the driving range and hit some balls and chip and putt. For sure, like, just get out of the house. But hey, you you yeah, know exactly. you can you 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 can't go to the gym, you can't go to church, but you can go to Walmart now, you know, and everything, <laughs> and, and and all the nuts in there fighting over toilet paper, yeah. or you can go to the liquor store. And ain't no social distancing there. They're all lined up to get their stuff so they can go home and get wasted. It's a messed up world. I mean, it's well, crazy. With all due, yeah, in, all, in, all fairness, I, in all fairness, I appreciate the liquor stores being open, but that, that's just me. Um, <laughs> I know. But, but, I uh, can't. I wish I could. Yeah, I, can't. I, 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 I can't drink nothing. Sorry. Hey. Yeah, you're right. They're, 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 they're quadrupling sales. You know. Yeah. Oh, that's a huge business, especially delivery. Um, so... Yeah. Let me ask you a question. I know that um, back in the day, Luger and Sting and and the Steiners used to love to go out and play golf, and they'd you know put some money, you know, a little cash on the line. Do you ever go out there and school them and take their money? No, no, I never did. I never <laughs> did. I you never. Should. I didn't live in Atlanta, and when I was off in time, do I was home around Nashville, you know, and uh, and and you know, no. You could have played the mark. You could have been like, I'll, I'll go out golfing with you guys. I've never played before, but I'll try it. I think I'll be okay. And you could take, you could <laughs> yeah, take in all their money. Them. <laughs> hustle them, yeah. I saw a Rick Steiner's sons uh, got drafted or, or, gonna, or signed with the yeah. Ravens or something. Yeah, he's a fullback. Yeah. It's a lost art. Yeah, but uh, oh, he's a beast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His dad but, is a uh, beast. Yeah, his dad is is now. Um, he was on the podcast uh, a, a few months ago. He's a, a realtor in, in in Atlanta, and he's been on the school board for like ten years. I think he's running. Yeah, for, I, knew he I think he's running for mayor board. or something like that. So he's politics. And I and asked him. Scott you, owns the Shonies, right? Yeah, and and Scott Donner owns the Shonies. Him and yeah, his wife. Yeah, now it's a takeout, I yeah. think. But I guess they just opened up back today because i guess george opened up when we're taping this so um so golf aside i thought that was interesting um how'd you how'd you get into the wrestling business um uh you know as you know back then you know you could be a hell of a high school athlete but doesn't mean that you could just um you know knock on somebody's door and get trained so i'm just wondering how you went about it right it was hard to get in no you're right it was hard to get in uh i grew up watching it and followed it in school and then in college. When I got in college, Carson Newman near Knoxville, uh, we didn't ever have cable TV where I live, you know. 
and I'd never seen anything. They knew I didn't know who Dusty Rose or any of them, Bob Backlund, any of them guys, you know, Superstar Graham and Road Warriors and, and all that. And I was, well, I got in college, and then uh, the gym I used to work out at, some of the boys used to work out there. Uh, Steve Kern, Stan Lane, they were the fabulous ones. Dutch Mantel, uh, Bill Dundee, uh, Bobby Fulton, uh, Carl Fargy, I'd see those guys in there. And my dad knew Jerry Jarrett. My dad and Jerry Jarrett almost went into uh, business together, in the car business, uh, and and uh, didn't end up didn't do it. But uh, and Steve Kern and Stan had a had a wrestling school then, and uh, I went to their school and uh, and trained with them a while, and then uh, uh, they left and had a falling out with the lawyer and went and worked for Burn and uh, the AWA worked a big deal with the Road Warriors. And uh, so I, I got in with Tojo, Yamamoto, and Gypsy Joe, and I used to train with Tojo after that and do shows with him. And I did, Tojo got in back in with the Jarrett's, and he got me in with them, and Steven's band come back. Yeah, but it was hard to get in then. You know, didn't, yeah. they wouldn't just let anybody get in, and they put you through it, you know. For sure. Uh, really oh. hard. So, um, at some point, when, uh, before you, when you first started getting a, what you would call a break, I guess, in the business, uh, somebody put you and Steve Armstrong together as a tag team uh, and eventually become the Wild Out yeah. Southern Boys. Kevin and Sullivan. Business. You Was it Kevin? Kevin? Kevin Sullivan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Kevin did. Kevin Sullivan in 87. I started in 83. I worked 83 to 86 part-time loading trucks. My old car job I had when I uh, first broke in the business. And, uh, you know, they, they're pretty lenient, you know, with, flexible with the business. And I made, you know, on call during the week and work weekends and, uh, worked for Bill Watts for about a year in the old mid South territory. Remember him? Yeah. yeah. Bill Watts. And, uh, worked for them about a year and then, uh, came back to Tennessee for a while and a run was kind of out there. So Pat Tanaka helped me back in. You couldn't, uh, uh, you know, you have all the social media and everything you got now. So I just sent pictures and a resume and uh, uh, Pat Tanaka and Matsuda and, and Pat's dad, Duke Komeka, yep. uh, you know, uh, were, ran the, owned it. Mike Graham, of course, you know, and uh, uh, Kevin Sullivan was booking it. Kevin called me and says he wanted to put Steve and I together and, and put a rebel gimmick on us and work with our tag champs, the new breed. Remember them? Chris Chan yeah. and Sean Royal. Yeah, I grew yeah. up. I, I grew. Yeah. That's what I grew and, up uh, watching. Championship wrestling from Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back then they were big heels. They had that song "Flight Through Right Party." Now be the other way around. Steve and <laughs> in heels and them baby. For sure. You know, and, and uh, went, went down there and worked about a year. Then what somewhere in there, uh, Crockett bought out Florida territory, and uh, you know, and everything. And uh, uh, and so we was there about a year. You know, something like that. We ended up tagged together five years. Uh, about a year in Florida, uh, about a year or so in Continental, two different times a year each time, uh, uh, Fuller's territory, and then uh, two and a half years in WCW. Yeah. Yeah, I want to talk about that. Um, let me ask you a question without getting yourself in too much trouble. Um, tell me about being a young I'm, I'm just a, a young, good-looking babyface in the territory systems back in the '80s. Uh, it was a whole different world back then, and um, uh, I know, you know, Ricky Morton was on here telling some stories, rock star stories. Uh, I know, you know, territory was at a, is a, a little smaller level, but tell me about about that. All of a sudden, you come to Florida, you're thrust, and there's a lot of probably attention that you didn't expect, or maybe you did. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, well, back then, being on TV, or especially if you're nationwide TV, it really meant something, and they treat you like you were a star. You know what I mean? You know, and and uh, all and girl is crazy, man. You know, uh, and uh, I, I was used to seem like I was always single, and a lot of the guys uh, uh, that were married or had a girlfriend, they phone numbers they give them to me and I have like a talent sheet. You know, there's some you, you turned down and you did, and, but I mean, a lot of times you didn't, you'd have to have been a queer, you know, but it, like you said, it was a different day and age then. There wasn't age and wasn't all this stuff going around and, uh, you know, and it was wild and crazy and everything, but there's some that I know and, and, messed around back in the day that I'm still friends with today, you know, that, and, and some are not, you know, and then uh, uh, it's just a wild time. And like you said, it was a different era, and uh, it'd never be like that again, you know. And uh, um, and also, too, in the territories, there wasn't nation before there was nationwide TV. If you went into a new territory, you were a new face, and they never saw you. Right. You were there six months to a year. You could be there longer. You could be there shorter. You know, and uh, things, you know, cable TV changed a lot of things. Yeah, for sure. But you, you were looked at more as a star. There wasn't as much going on as there is now. You know, of course, there wasn't all this, you know, uh, YouTube and network and all this streaming and fight and all this other stuff they have. You know. No, and in, in some towns, in, in some towns, people look forward to whatever night that the wrestling came through every week. That was a, that was for, yeah. for some people. That was you know their and, and, and you know that too. Uh, if, if you a lot of times, if you stayed over at the at, in the town and worked out of a town three or four days, the bar right there at the hotel or right there near or whatever it was, it was a big deal. I remember Flair would always, right? He would always plug the bar, plug the gym, where we have the guys give them church, where, right? You know? Yeah, no, plug, 100%. Plug, plug everything. Totally, totally. Drop, drop in the Marriott's yeah. here and there. But um, so yeah. you, but I, I yeah. find that fascinating. Out of all the things that I've heard and doing this podcast for two and a half years, that might be the greatest tidbit you ever dropped. So because you were single, you held the uh, quote-unquote master oh, black geez. book. For the entire uh, yeah, territory, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever territory it was, I had the talent sheet, and, and you had rules on there, you know, and, and stuff. And, uh, you know, no fence building, just all oh, it's crazy, it's just all good fun, you know. And uh, uh, you know, but uh, yeah, yeah, always it was that way. That's a thing of the past, you know. Yeah. Do you have any good stories from? We've talked about. Um, I've talked about on this podcast the dungeon uh, in Atlanta where all the boys stayed and partied. Do you have any? Do you have any good <laughs> dungeon? Stories? Oh my God! Yeah, I've heard that in a long time. It's still that that hotel oh is still up, and Delane still runs it. Um, where the really? bar? Yeah, where the bar used. To, I went up to do an indie show in Atlanta about a year and a half ago, and they, they put us up there. Um, and um, it. Uh, it's not a Ramada anymore. It's, a, it's something else. I don't know. Uh, something changed. But um, Delane still, run, still runs it? Delane still runs it. Where the bar was is an exercise room now. And there's a there's a yeah. there's a, like a little restaurant in the back. But they, they, they got rid of the whole bar. You have any good dungeon stories off the top of your head? Oh, man. Uh, I, I, the horseman would always be in there, you know, and uh, it was a wild uh, you know, and Rick buy drinks for everybody. Uh, he'd have he'd walk around with a tray of shooters for everybody, bartender, waitresses, everybody. He'd get everybody in the bar drunk. 
<laughs> it were would. You, it were would. You ever, were you ever there when somebody got drunk and challenged Harley to uh, to an amateur fight, and they cleared out the whole bar of uh, all the bar t- uh, stools and that, and uh, and Harley I would think, stri- uh, Bush Reed and Harley's yeah. on the shoot. Yep. In the bar. Were you there that night? Yeah, yeah. I had forgotten who it was, but you're a thousand percent right. It was Butch Reed, and we cleared out all the bar Butch, stools. And Butch the and Harley, and they were friends. They did. It wasn't a fight. They, okay. you know what I'm, you know. Oh and, no, and, they uh, got the uh, first time Butch got him. This next time Harley did. Harley got him. Harley said he didn't know he was really serious. No, they Just got to, you know, got I mean? to drinking. They got to talking, and they uh, w- wanted to see who who could shoot the best. And um, and yeah, Harley, as usual, uh, uh, was able to prevail. But he was. Bruce was too. You know, I mean, you know, but uh, Harley's not human. He wasn't human. God bless him. Thank you. I was just yeah. talking. I was. Just but I mean, they weren't mad. There wasn't heat with him. No, no, with them, no, no. they, they just wanted to see him. They hugged afterwards. No, it's uh, and yeah. um, thank you for filling that in because I was just telling that story and uh, I couldn't think of who it was. But you're a thousand percent right. It was uh, Butchery. Yeah, it was Harley and, and Butch, and they God, they knew each other forever from the old Kansas City territory. You know. Hey, there's a T-shirt that that there's a T-shirt that that, that somebody has as uh, selling with 100 percent of the proceeds uh, going to your health and 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 helping you out. And um, you could go to uh, uh, just go to GoFundMe and put in Tracy Smothers if you're interested. I know there's a huge a who's who of of um, of of wrestlers um, that have been a part of that. Uh, I just took a quick look. Uh, Rhino, Scott Demore, Mick Foley, Jericho, Kerry Silken, uh, Steve Carino, Joey Ryan, Sami Zayn, and, and and tons more that have done so anonymously. Um, and, uh, and and so uh, before I ask the question, I was going to ask you uh, when you see stuff like that. Uh, how does it? How does it? How, just you know, for people that might have said, you know put $20 and bought a t-shirt, uh, to try to help you out. Cause you gave them some, um, uh, some entertainment in their lives. And, and just to be clear, you didn't do this. It was, uh, somebody like no, I said, I, I, I never, any of this, I've, those people have done benefit shows and, and other to go find me. And I, I never asked or did any of that. Uh, I, yeah. I didn't, all I did was, uh, I didn't let no one know, for about, oh gosh, about a month after I started having treatments, because you know how it is. But then I was uh, uh, a couple of shows. I was at, I think, uh, Wrestle Cade somewhere else. Uh, Bobby Eaton, that show they did for him. And people could see, kind of lost weight. And I had to, you know, toboggan on, I was bald. And, uh, you know, people started, you know, making assumptions and stuff. So I just came cleaner with my condition and, and what was going on. And I had been you know, being treated for for a month already. And, uh, um, of course, I'd wait a long time to get diagnosed, and that's when just out of bam, bam, you know, uh, uh, people started reaching out and uh, doing things, you know, like that. And, uh, you know, I, I never asked for I never, I never did that. I never did do that at all. I was trying to just make it, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, and everything. But I appreciate everything people have done. And, and I helped a lot of people along the way, and, uh a lot of them come back and help me, you know. And, and, that, and that's that's what it's I've all got about. Insurance. Well, that's good. I've, I've got stage four lymphoma cancer is what it is, but I've got insurance. But I've been, like I said, I've been in hospital I was eleven times within about two three months, and uh, you know, and and it pays some, but I mean, boy, I've had some hefty bills. You know what I mean? 
and then now I just got a couple a couple of days ago. That's pretty good, pretty big ones. And uh, once May starts, when they think when they're opening up the economy, some I look for to be some more of them trickle through. You know what I mean? You know. Well, let me ask you a question. What 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 surprised or humbled you more? The fact that so many of the boys. Uh, donated, or the, that so many of the fans that may not even really personally know you donated. Both. It's both, both. It, and, and and both. I mean, from from fans and people that you didn't think you was even really cool with, and some of the boys that you didn't think you were. You know what I mean? You know, and then some you thought you were or not. But I didn't expect anything like that or anything from anybody. I really didn't. But I, I certainly appreciate it. But because uh, I hadn't been able to work and I haven't been able, you know. Uh, you know, uh, and and then with that coming in with bills like that, and it's just crazy, man. It's crazy. Well, like you said, you like you said, you helped a lot of people up on the way on the way up, and yeah. uh, and it's called yeah. paying it forward. The, I originally brought a lot the of reached out, and, and like you know, like you said, you know, uh, before you know, and uh, said I talked to you then, and then it just remind me of things like that. Like, you remember this time when you know, you know, things like that. And yeah. Like all right, yeah. So. And, uh, I was I was asking you about the T-shirt. There's um, uh, a picture of you wrestling a bear on the T-shirt, and apparently, it, it uh, if you look on the internet, there's not real details about it. But apparently, you had something uh, that became uh, kind of folklore, where you wrestled a bear in Alabama. Uh, uh, yeah, tell me, tell me I, I wrestled that. three different bears oh, when I when I first was wanting to get in the business. Uh, I went on a dare and did it at a bar. Uh, in uh, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, outside of Nashville, it was ginger, 750-pound black bear, uh, and, and did that, three three-minute rounds, and fought for my life, oh, my God, <laughs> and, uh, uh, and, and and got out of it. Uh, first guy I saw her wrestle, uh, the guy was a football player uh, for Middle Tennessee State University, and the pros were looking at him. He tried to tackle that bear, and the guy said, don't do it, and he cattle-prodded the bear, the guy on the bear. And, uh, boy, she took him down. He hit the back of his head, got on top of it, broke his nose because oh he had a buzz along. And they said he had to sign a waiver, first of all, if, if you, uh, you know, to, to do it. And, uh, and took him down. He hit the back of his head, blood went everywhere. Then she was on top of him and said, cover your face or turn your head because she's trying to bite you. Well, he's knocked out. And, uh, the guy, she almost killed him. I was oh like God. trying to get the hair in the guys I was with. Like wouldn't let you know, and I couldn't, and, and so I just watched, and, and I went three three minute rounds with Ginger, and uh, that was in '83, and then uh, uh, and the and, and made it alive. And then the second time was in '86, in Louisiana for Watts. It was a seven foot, fifteen hundred pound grizzly bear. Uh, Nick Adams, who used to pro wrestle some, uh, had had the bear, and it was at a big bar in Louisiana, and. Uh, uh, you know, and uh, you remember Chavo Guerrero, senior, yeah. right? Remember yeah. him? Absolutely. Yeah, he, he him, uh, and DJ Peterson, God rest his soul. I was hanging with them. I went on social media them, and I was watching, and I never drank a beer in my life. And I got to talking, and I said, man, I said, these, all these big bouncers, and all the boys worked on them all, sewer all rigs. They were uh, um, uh, signed up to do it. And I went, these guys are crazy if they go out there and try to muscle that bear. I said, look at it. It's seven foot, 1500 pound grizzly bear. You know, I said, the best offense, good defense. They're like, how did you know? And they, I drank a beer and I took, I took one shot. I never drank a beer, took a shot in my life, and I was wasted. <laughs> and, and, uh, <laughs> and, and I said, I've done it before. Well, that's the wrong thing to tell them. 
because about seven, eight in, into it of them wrestling the bear, of, of, of the bear wrestling the, the guys, um, my name gets called. I went, oh, my God, I had all nice clothes and everything, you know, and I was talking to this tall blind, you know, you know, and, uh, you know, and, and I got in there with the bear, and I was like, oh, God, it ripped my clothes. I was like, I've been in a street fight. And in some way, I, I did something, and I headbutted him. He's up against the turnbuckle, and that bear cinched up on me and about broke me in half. I oh my was God. screaming, man, get this motherfucker off of me. I was hitting him as like a man hitting a baby, or baby hitting a man. And uh, Nick dove on the bear, wrapped the chain around him, and I was booking to get out of there, boy. And that bear looked at the side and just pounced and made it from turnbuckle to turnbuckle so fast. You know, a bear, a bear their first, like, they can outrun a horse for like 10, 15 yards. Yeah. And uh, it was so quick. I, I took the hell of a bump getting out of the ring. I shit my pants. I kicked you. <laughs> I thought I had a heart attack. I had on nice clothes that were ripped off. Thank God I had my sweats and t-shirt. I would clean myself up. That was oh, in 86. And in 89, what you saw on the uh, YouTube was the first, the first, the third of three rounds and the first of three nights in a row doing it. And uh, uh, Wendell Cooley, remember him walking yeah. at Wendell Cooley? Yeah. He worked at Atlanta a little while. He hurt his knee and something. Yeah. I don't remember what happened. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, uh, um, Wendell was supposed to have done it with working Dutch Mantel. And uh, Wendell didn't really want to do it. And all of a sudden, he had a knee injury. He had a bad knee. And uh, I, they, Robert Fuller knew I'd done it. We worked something out. Well, I worked a tag match. The first night was Birmingham, Alabama. I worked a tag match. Steve and I worked with Robert Ford, Jimmy Golden, old stud stable thing, us a southern boy. And then right before intermission, I did three three minute rounds with the bear. And then I'd have if I waited through with the bear, I had to work Dutch uh in the main event for the belt, for the single belt. I worked th- I worked twice and then wrestled a bear and shot with a bear in the middle of <laughs> three nights in a row. So the first night I'm I'm uh, uh Warming up, I'm actually praying and from this right that bear. I didn't know what he was going to do. It was 10 months old, 550-pound uh, Siberian grizzly bear. It gained 100, over 100 pounds in a month after that. So I didn't know what that bear was going to do, you know. And uh, uh, so I'm just thinking I've got to get through this three nights. So they come up and interview me. And uh, they said, this is going to be on 10 o'clock news. And there's a lady from the uh, Humane Society. She was going off on me. Uh, she said, how could you be that? Cruel to a bear. The bear had it. It only had its back teeth and its claws were trimmed and, and everything. And I just looked at her and I says, look, I says, I've got to work twice and I got to shoot with this bear in the middle of this. And I got to do this three nights in a row. Why are you worried about the bear? You know? <laughs> and and they, they didn't put that on tape. But what you saw on tape was Joe Petticino and Gordon Soley. There's Joe Petticino's show. God, you know, he just died. Yeah, he just and, and, and Gordon was commentating, and, and Joe Petticino put it on that, that show he used to have in Atlanta uh, uh, that should cover a lot of wrestling. And uh, um, that's where that come from. For people who... But, who- uh, I, I, I did it three nights in a row after the third night. I mean, I was dead, man. I was wore out. I was in my home. Uh, I, I was jacuzzi. Uh, and I would shower, and I'd lay in bed, lay on the floor, and everything for like three days. I mean, I was beat up. Just for people who yeah. who 
people who maybe didn't live through that that time and era who were wondering why the hell do you have you wrestled a bear three separate territories three separate times back then that was an attraction you know you got andre in once a year you got haystacks calhoun in once a year and a bear yeah. would come when yeah. you wrestled a bear and uh yeah it was a big attraction that's yeah, right it was a big attraction sure so uh, and and you can't and call it, not long after that the humane society they 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 outlawed it they banned it so and you can't call spots with a bear no, <laughs> no, no. So, oh God, no. You had probably, arguably, uh, your biggest success working in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Um, talk to me about working for Jim Cornette. Uh, as you probably know, if you pay attention to any social media, Jim is, or even watched on, you know, he's on almost every one of these <laughs> yeah. sides of the ring that they have on. He's very, very outspoken about the business and a lot of things. And just wondering, um, Talk to me about working for Jim Cornette back in uh, Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Yeah, well, when we was in Atlanta, you know, uh, Steve and I worked with him, uh, you know, several times, Bobby and Stan. Of course, Jimmy out there with him, and uh, especially that one, the bash, the 90 Great American Bash. Uh, hard to believe it was 30 years ago. But, uh, uh, you know, and, and we worked with him before a couple times in 87 when they came in Florida. You know, and everything, and uh, did that, and it went good. And uh, uh, he was always good to me, uh, and 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 he liked us as a team. He liked uh, Stan and Bobby working with us. And back in when I first come in WCW, you had the Midnight Express, Rock and Roll, you had Road Warriors, you had the Steiners, you had Doom, uh, man, you had the Freebirds, yeah. and you had Brian Pillman and uh, uh, Tom Zink. Remember you them look, as a team? You look, yeah. You look yeah. back at those. You look back at those house show cards, and there were like six tag team matches in one in one night. Yeah, kind of like, yeah, kind of like makes the purpose of a tag team match kind of moot because you know if if you do something like that too much and people get tired of it, you know the hot tag and all that. But uh, I always yeah. wondered who you know. But uh, yeah, there was a ton of tag teams. I know you guys had a pretty oh, good run in WCW with um with the. Uh, uh, with the Freebirds, uh, Michael Hayes and Jimmy Garner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did two or three clashes and two or three pay-per-views with them, as uh, the Southern Boys and the Young Pistols. Dusty, when Dusty come in, he he changed it because the TBS, they didn't want that Rebel Flag thing, uh, you know, on on Nationwide TV, uh, because then remember the Rodney King thing when all the riots were going around and all that happened, the racial okay. thing. That was going big then, so they switched. That's why they switched to the Young Pistols. But uh, uh, Jimmy, uh, uh, whenever it happened, he, he, uh, him and Stan walked out. Bobby stayed, and uh, he'd stay in touch with me about once a month uh, on, by phone. And there was no cell phone then, you know. And and uh, and uh, uh, he came to a couple of shows, and uh, he kept asking, you know. And I was kind of discouraged and wanting to get out of the business and finish college and go coach like my family wanted me to. They're still mad at me because they didn't. But, uh, and he, he said he had something going. He wouldn't say what. And then when I got let go uh, in Atlanta, uh, he hired me there for Smoky Mountain. And, and it was going to be a tag, Steve and I. And Steve got a spot in New York uh, and ended up, he stayed there a few months and they just couldn't take the road. You know, it was brutal then. It was real brutal. Uh, right. And it was going to bring us in as a tag, but then Ricky became free, so they put rock and roll back together, and they needed a single baby face. He wanted Brad Armstrong. And uh, uh, God bless him, you know. And uh, 
but Brad uh, re-signed with WCW, you know, and I said, Brad wasn't available, so he needed someone in that spot, a single spot, so that's how that happened. And he, he got with me, worked with me on interviews and how to get over as a single baby face, you know, and I uh, learned a lot from Jimmy. I mean, he's, he's wealth of knowledge, and I mean, I know that was in the 90s, you know, and everything, but, uh, and I keep up with Tokyo Stead, he's entertaining, but uh, a lot of stuff he's right, but I mean, it's everything evolves and changes and you know and 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 all and and uh the pros and cons you know the stuff that he says but uh you know it everything's changed you know and uh yeah if yeah, i don't have he, somebody run something I, i'd want him to do it you know because he, he no one as far as booking he knows he knows more than anybody i've known well, we're sort of skipping. I was going to say we're sort of skipping over time here because I want to talk about your your uh, stay in WWE as Freddie Joe Floyd. But before we do, since you mentioned it, you also um, at at uh, one point wrestled for ECW. So I was going to ask you. People say that Paulie and and Jim Cornette, two of the big the best minds in in the modern history of the business. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's what are their differences? What are their similarities? Uh Paul's more more new school, you know what I mean? And then, of course, with ECW, he changed the business, you know, and, and just more hardcore and stuff and do. But, but uh, uh, and they both did, uh, they were a lot alike in a lot of ways. Uh, they both did things, you know, Jimmy was more uh, detailed down the line or far ahead. Paul could write a card on, on a napkin, you know what I mean? You know, and just come up with stuff out of the blue, out of nowhere. And uh, Jimmy put a lot of time into everything, but uh, uh, they were both historians, students of the games, and two of the best interviews and you'll ever hear, you know. And and uh, and uh, you know, one, you know, Jimmy, a Southern guy, and Paul, a New York guy. You know what I mean? So that's old water, you know, for them. But uh, in some ways, they were a lot alike, and that's why sometimes I guess they had it out, you know. So let but, me ask you a question. But, so let me ask you a question. Tracy, Tracy Smothers walks into a spot show and sees what the booker has for him and looks and kind of says to himself, man, this doesn't make any sense. Why the heck am I doing this in front of 300 people? Who's would be who's the better person to convince you uh, to do what they wanted you to do? Jim Cornette or Paul Heyman? You know, I, I, I couldn't put one ahead of the other. <laughs> You were motivated to go through. I really couldn't. You, you were. Mo- they were two of the smartest guys I ever worked for. Uh, uh, Jerry Jarrett, when he was in, in Waller, I got to put Waller in there too. <laughs> Jerry Waller, the, the longevity he had. But but with Jimmy and Paul, they could get you so motivated that you were ready to go through a wall for them. You didn't even think like that with them. You know what I mean? You know? Yeah. With those guys, anything that they had to do, you were gung ho and ready to go 110. percent You really were, because uh, you knew they knew that what they were doing, and and they respected the boys, and and the talent of what they had, and they, whatever they asked you to do, you just did it without question. Absolutely. You know what I mean? You know. No, no, I know, I know. I was hoping you could. Like that I, was anyway. hoping, I was hoping you could pick one over the other, but I've heard that both of those guys. I really, I really can't. I, I, there are two guys that I was ready to get out of the business when they both hired me at different times and there's no way I could pick one over the other. And I learned so much from both. And, uh, Paul's still going of course. Yeah. Jimmy is too. Good Lord. He's making a fortune out of his house doing his podcast. 
doing the podcast. Doing and, uh, everything. And yeah, he, yeah mostly and, uh, it's all these guys, you know, he, he knocks them and does, but he's making money doing it. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Huge I was, I was, dri- I was driving, uh, I had to drive to Nashville a couple of weeks ago. And, um, so I started listening to podcasts and I put, uh, Jimmy Cornette's on cause I had never heard his podcast, but I'd heard a lot about it. And, uh, yeah, he was like, Hey, I'm sorry for the people who have ordered, but I'm six weeks behind in, in getting out orders. And I've been, and I go to the post office every single day. He said it goes to the post office every single day, drops off stuff, and he was still six weeks behind. And uh, yeah, his stuff his stuff is really interesting. He has great stuff, and um, there's a book on the uh, like a scrapbook on the Midnight Express. If you guys are, if anybody out there is a fan of, the, I don't even know if he still sells it, but if he does, and you guys are fans of the Midnight Express or 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 just fans of the territorial, he has. He basically, for the entire career of the Midnight Express from Louisiana into Texas, into WCW and, and Crockett Promotions, he has he t- kept a record of every uh, every night where they wrestled, who they wrestled, and how much money they got paid. Yeah. So it's it's fascinating, yeah. and he writes all he, he writes all that stuff. He shows you he puts in um, uh, pay stubs from different territories, and uh, and uh, it's 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 actually fascinating for somebody who's, who's never seen anything like that. So if 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 he's still selling that, and if if anybody out there, you know, I'm not trying to pimp for Jim Cornette. He's doing just fine. But uh, but the book is is yeah. fantastic. Um, so let's talk about Freddie Joe Floyd. I did not realize until. I started uh, researching for interviewing you that Freddie, Freddie Joe Floyd was a rib on Jack and Jerry Briscoe. Did you know that when you came in? Well, I didn't know what it, they interviewed everybody that, that when they brought us up and uh, give it your background and everything else. And they gave me that. And uh, I didn't know till my first day uh, and was told that, uh, you know, that uh, where that come from. And, uh, I, and something Freddie was one of his first or middle name, and Floyd was was same way, and Bowlegs, Oklahoma was around Oklahoma where they were from in the area, something like that. Yeah, Freddie was and, Jack's uh, first name, and Floyd was Jerry's first name. Yeah, and Joe, I think yeah, was one of their I, middle names. Okay, yeah, it was something like that, and that, that's kind of where that where that all come from, and uh, uh, you know it. Uh, uh, I. I you know, I can remember Jerry Briscoe and Vince and, and sitting down at the table I was eating at my first day, and they told me that. And I can remember Jerry Briscoe uh, uh, said something about a guy named Larry Briscoe out of Florida was using the Briscoe name and was doing jobs on the Florida TV. And uh, um, Vince, like, perked up. His eyes got real big. <laughs> and he goes, oh, he goes, I bet Jack didn't like that. <laughs> and uh, when he did that, I knew I was screwed. <laughs> I knew I was screwed. And and I thought, oh, Lord, uh, because I had heard years ago uh, when they were on the road, Jack and Jerry on the road, and that's when their boys were going two, three months and not getting days off. And I think Jack just went home. Yeah. You know did. what I mean? And then walked out. And uh, um, I don't know, you know what I mean? I don't know if there's hard feelings there or what, you know. But uh, I was like, I didn't know exactly what was going on. I found out the details later. And when I heard that banjo music uh, come on, I thought, wow, I had worked in 15 years. And I thought, good Lord, I, I thought I am in trouble. <laughs> was, was, was Jerry cool with it at least? Was Jerry cool about it? He had to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
the yeah. end of it. I, I, I know, I know Jerry. He lives right down the street, actually. Yeah, he's a, yeah. he's, he has, yeah. he has a good yeah. sense yeah. of humor, yeah. but, but he has a good sense of humor. But if he ever, Jerry, Jerry's kind of like Harley. If he ever, if he ever gets mad at you, run as fast as you, as you can. Yeah. Oh yeah. And especially Jack, God rest his soul. Oh yeah. 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 I don't know the history or, or the story behind all that. I don't, I don't, I just remember that when Vince's eyes got big and, uh, <laughs> uh I, I think it was more of a, uh, a rib on Jack. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause Jerry stayed with him 84 yeah. till recently. And some, they said he got released, but then they said it was a furlough. So, you know, I mean, I think I, there I don't know. I, I really don't know that much about. No, it, I don't either. Know. And 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 Jerry. But I don't know why you would want to rip two guys like that, <laughs> you know, Jack and Jerry Briscoe. No, for sure. Um, uh, you know, but but you know, Vince is like that. You know what I mean? You know, I mean, he's a vampire. If he sees something, will get to somebody. You know, and and uh, and uh, when he said that about Jack getting upset about uh, Larry Briscoe, and Vince's eyes got bogged oh, all. I thought, oh Lord, I'm screwed. <laughs> that's yeah. great so um hey tracy thank you so much for coming by um uh what what are the next uh, this coronavirus craziness aside what are the next steps for you to to be able to knock on wood be able to uh, beat this thing uh just i just trying to, to get back i can't i have to i can work out a little bit i'm trying to watch what i eat somewhat it's hard with this virus thing you know I'm so limited to what I can do physically, but I want to get back to my old delivery job. Uh, but I, 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 right now, I can't renew my license. My license has expired. I got to have a valid license, uh, and 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 I can't renew my license because it's closed down. Yeah, it's closed. Uh, license place is closed down. I can't do it. And uh, get back doing that a little bit and do some shows. I, I'm not going to be able to work for a while. Uh, I still got the port in me uh, from the chemo in case if it flared back up, they could, you know, treat me. And uh, so I can't take a bump for, uh, I'm going to have this in me at least a year. And uh, but I could do appearances and shows, sign, you know what I mean? You know, man. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, uh, and then do the little delivery job on the side, but that's a little ways off where I can do that. And it's kind of a blessing that I didn't, I ain't not able to get my license and get back because I really don't need to be uh, out and about and around people, you know, with my condition right now with this virus going on like it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know what's inspiring to me, Tracy? You know what's inspiring to me, man? Um, And I got to be honest with you. You just had the battle of your life. And and, and when I asked you what what was next, you said, I just want to I want to get back to work, basically, is what you said. That, 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 yeah, yeah. You, you got to love that, man. You're a fighter, and yeah. and God bless you. And uh, like I said, when I, I always died twice. That yeah, God, God bless. I mean, I, I I say that that nicest guy in the business is a term that's thrown around in wrestling, maybe a little bit too much. There are a lot of nice guys, but there's some that are thought of as nice guys that maybe eh, maybe uh, not, not as nice. You're one of the good ones, Tracy. You were the first one to come up and, well, and give me a get back and have a normal life. I, I, you know? I want us all to get back and have a normal life. And I, I pray yeah, for you. Yeah. I pray for you and your health. And I'm so glad that you're still here uh, so that we could talk about your career. And um, Hey, let's, let's hope that in uh, uh, six months or a year, we could have you back and, uh, and, and, and hear you plugging yeah. away on uh on on you know all the places you're going to be uh, appearing uh, uh, in yeah, conventions absolutely. and stuff. 
So God bless you. Thanks Thank you so much me. for Sorry your time. No, it's great, great stuff. And um, if people want to follow you, you're, I'm assuming you're on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah. Just Tracy Smothers. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. All right, and and yep. folks, if you want to buy one of those T-shirts to um to support Tracy, 100% of the proceeds go, and it's the GoFundMe that was set up by Chris Hero, uh, not by Tracy, and um. Uh, and, and I'm sure that he, Chris uh, Bradland's his real name. Something Chris like that, Bradland, you know? yeah. For him, known yeah as and Cass. also my book, uh, 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 you can go to, uh, eat, sleep, wrestle, no comma in between any of them. Eat, sleep, wrestle.com. Look under John Cosper, who's on my Facebook also too. Uh, it's been out just a few weeks. And, oh, I didn't uh, realize you, you know, had, it, it, I didn't realize you had a book. We'll yeah. We'll just throw that yeah. we'll, we'll throw that on there in the in the when we uh, put the uh, put the promo up we'll find that and we'll text me text me the link for that and um, and we'll put that up for sure so uh, and I, I'm gonna buy me a yeah, copy I'm as well I'll, I'll just I'll send it to you just remember eatsleepwrestle.com no comma between the eat sleep wrestle any of that that's all you got to know you know and and it, it'll take you right to it eatsleepwrestle.com well, Tracy, glad to hear yeah. your voice. Uh, stay safe and um, keep in touch. Under John Cosper. Okay, yeah, thanks. Thanks. thanks for having me, Dave. Good talking to you. So I hope that brought a smile to your face or a tear to your eye. I'm not trying to listen to motion. I just wanted the gentleman to tell his story, and he did, and I wanted to replay it in his honor. Um, again, one of the greatest uh, one of the nicest, one of the most talented, one of the humblest guys that you will find in this business. And uh, what a gut punch. You know, that we've lost a lot of people in this business. We've lost a lot of people in 2020. It's been a crazy year. But um, that one was tough, I know, for a lot of people. And um, so just want to say, uh, Tracy, I love you, man. Uh, I hope that you're not in pain anymore. And uh, I hope that we could see each other again and uh, have a cocktail and a laugh. And um, I hope that uh, posting this interview again will help your legacy. Not that it needed helping, but in any small way. So God bless you. Rest in peace, Tracy Smothers. We'll be back next week with Mr. Hughes and a more upbeat edition of City Ringside. You guys be safe. Follow David Penzer on Twitter at David Penzer. Also, make sure to follow the show on Twitter at Penzer Ringside. You've been sitting ringside with David Penzer on Radio Influence. Radio Influence strives to bring you excellence in podcasting. We work with personalities like TV chef Brian Duffy, radio personalities like Ian Beckles, news and political pundits like independent journalists Frank and Tracy Beans, experts from the sports world like veteran football scout and coach Chris Landry, pro wrestling personality David Penzer, MMA experts Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan, and strength and conditioning coach Jeff Crushell. If you're looking for food, sports, music, entertainment, politics, no matter the topic, Radio Influence has something for everyone. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.